When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benson. And I'm Ben Boland by day. Oh, really? What do you do by night? Well, let's just say I've got uh, another second job, Scott. You could probably call it a... Well, you could call it a, a, a calling, maybe a hobby. Are you a, uh, a super villain or something? Or? All I can say is I'm cleaning up this town. A master avenger? Um, I'm a master avenger on an adventure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> This isn't about me, Scott. Today we are talking about a golden oldie of superhero vehicles that might be recognizable to some folks. Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you. I'll be honest. I know the car. I don't necessarily know the the television show, the radio program, any of that stuff. I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I, I didn't watch it. I guess that's that's what I want to say. Right. What we are talking about today is the Green Hornet, and even more specifically. We're talking about his car. Yeah, Black Beauty. Now, that's I do know something about Black Beauty, and we're going to talk about that. But maybe we do need to mention the Green Hornet TV series, just I, I suppose yeah, to begin yeah. with, right? Yeah. Now, okay, this is this is kind of interesting. I think a lot of people probably did watch this. I mean, I don't know if it was wildly popular. It really only ran for one full season, uh, from 1966 to 1967. There were 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it aired on ABC, and it starred a guy named Van Williams as the Green Hornet, who was, uh, his character's name was Britt Reed, and, um, Bruce Lee, Ben. Bruce Lee starred as Cato. So, you know, Bruce Lee, the martial artist, you know, the martial arts, uh, um, instructor. Yep. As Cato, his sidekick. And, uh, it, what a fascinating combination this was on screen because, you know, he used his martial arts in, in the program as well. Um, just, it was a, it was a neat program. I guess it, it kind of came on the heels of the Batman series. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point because if you are, you are someone who looks at a lot of the cycles of pop culture, you see that superhero crazes, quote unquote, 
um, kind of cycle through, and this was part of one of those cycles. Yeah, and Batman was wildly popular. It was, uh, it was um, really, and, and this is kind of strange too. The, the original Batman series that ran also on ABC uh, was from 1966 to 1968, so it was only two years, really, or three years, I think. Um, 120 episodes is what this thing went. Two, they were doing two episodes per week um, in the 1966 and 67. Um, season, which is when, you know, the Green Hornet was also on. So you could watch, you could watch Batman and the Green Hornet all in the same week. You know, maybe even a couple of times Batman and then also a Green Hornet episode. Oh yeah, and in the last two episodes of the Green Hornet television show, the Green Hornet and Batman actually team up. Mm. Really? Yep. So it's a, uh, a crossover. I kind of. I think it was maybe kind of a hail mary. To yeah. The I, ratings. I guess so. I mean, I, I sometimes like those crossover things. I sometimes don't. It kind of depends on the way they go. But it all depends on how they're done. And we also know that there was a radio show that predated the Green Hornet. Yeah. Uh, there was also a comic book series that predated yeah. the TV show. Yeah. And in all three incarnations of this, including uh, the newer Green Hornet film starring Seth Rogen. Uh, Black Beauty has been a constant presence. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I, I do want to talk about that. Can I just mention one more thing about yes. the uh, the Green Hornet himself? Because I think if we get some backstory on this thing, we'll kind of understand why he would need a car, why why um, uh, Britt Reed would need a car like this. Yeah, now he's a journalist, right? He, he is. Well, he's sort of. He's sort of a journalist. He, he kind of... Well, let me just tell you this, Ben. We'll start it this way. Okay. All right. James Reed, um, who was uh, Britt's father, was uh, was killed. He was a newspaper magnet, newspaper mogul, I should say, who was killed, and he left his son, Britt Reed, in charge of his uh, his entire media empire. Okay. Um, so his son is kind of a screw up. You know, he's like this, uh, like this uh, millionaire playboy. Um, um, I don't know. Devil may care. Type I guess. Yeah, he's out partying all night and just kind of living it up, really doing nothing. You okay, know? he's I mean, a little bit of a degenerate. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, you know, his father, you know, he, he's on him about doing nothing and that type of thing. But eventually, this guy is killed, and he finds out about it. Of course, you know, through media or whatever, you know, he's out partying or something, and uh, finds out that his father's been killed, and now he's in charge of uh, of this media empire, the, the entire future of this company mm-hmm. and um he begins to kind of take things a little bit more seriously um instead of being such a screw up you know and just just being out there just to party um he decides that he needs to do something with his life he needs to uh you know kind of take his father's advice now that he's gone and uh kind of clean up the city i guess because his dad was really big on on you know like trying to prevent some of the corruption that was going on in the big city that they lived in mm-hmm. and um he decides that you know he's going to actually do something to to rid the city of corruption so he turns to a guy named Cato who is his dad's former assistant and uh Cato as we mentioned is played played by Bruce Lee yeah, which is a TV series fascinating by the way mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of promotional photos with Bruce Lee with uh you know he's like in that one leg up kickstand yeah. you know a lot of yeah. those uh, those going on um but he teams up with uh his dad's former assistant um, and they, the two of them pose as villains to kind of get close to these bad guys, but in reality, they're the good guys. What they do is they, they kind of trick these guys into, uh, it's like a sting operation almost. Yeah, it's like something in the wire. Yeah, they get on, get on on the inside, and then they, they kind of leave the evidence with these guys, and then they alert the police, and the police find them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I guess the way they say it is that on paper, the Green Hornet and Cato are villains. But in reality, they're the good guys that are kind of setting up all these bad guys. Right. And also, um, you know, it's an historic event in the 1960s in the TV show for uh, for Cato to be played by a non-white actor. Sure. That which was, is a, a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And then also, um, now, the, the original 
idea of Green Hornet and Cato, I think, dates back to 1936, and the radio show was pretty popular in the 30s. However, Cato at that time, despite being ostensibly Japanese, was voiced by a white actor. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, that happened all the time in the early days. Yeah, that's just uh, it's just the way it was at that time. Now, you know what? Can I just mention one little quick sidebar? Here? Yeah, yeah. And it's something I got on a tiny little piece of paper, so I'm I straining see. to read it. But yeah, you know, it's what, a tiny post. Well, yeah. what it what it did was uh, every time I read the word Cato, and tell me what you think of when I say Cato. Oh, Cato Kalin. Oh, that's wrong. That's not that, that's not wrong. That's what you think of. <laughs> you think of Cato Kalin with the uh, O.J. Simpson trial and all that, right? Oh, okay. What okay. do you think? I think I, I think I'm in your head. I, I'm thinking of you. Remember Inspector. Clouseau with uh, with Cato, his sidekick. Yeah. Now Cato was another martial arts trained individual who uh, he hired to kind of hone his martial arts skills, and he would say, you know, like I, whenever I come home, I want you to to attack me, you know, so any time. So yeah. he was just like constantly on lookout. He'd walk in the the, the door instant um, instantly. He would jump on him or, you know, he would, he would have to kind of sneak around looking for Cato, you know, before he attacked him. So it was always kind of a funny, a funny gag, I guess, in these mm-hmm. old Peter Sellers movies, you know, the uh, Inspector Clouseau, Pink yeah. Panther. That's, that's what I think of when I think of Cato. Well, maybe we can put all three of these Catos together. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know what? We're getting off topic we here. Let's, are, we let's, are. Uh, so, but we did need to talk about who Britt Reed was, or is rather, and Cato. Right. Because that kind of lets you know that they need a vehicle that is somehow matched to what they do. They need something that, you know, is like a, a superhero or supervillain car, right? Right. And that's why every time that they're out and about to be some vigilantes or pull the wool over the eyes of criminals across town, uh, Britt Reed and Cato run to his garage, flip a switch, and then the, um, these clamps come up and grab the axles of his regular Joe Schmo Britt Reed car, and the whole thing flips, revealing black beauty, which, uh, we are gonna come out Come to find, uh, has several iterations in the real world. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's uh, there's several different versions of this thing. Now, the original Black Beauty, though, that's uh, that's kind of the one I want to focus on. But we will talk from a little TV bit about series. Yeah, the uh, from the TV series. Okay. It's kind of the one I want to talk about. Um, now, the original car was from it was, it was a 1966 Imperial Crown sedan. Mm-hmm. So a Chrysler vehicle, great big Chrysler vehicle. Yeah, it's a land yacht. It's sure. a huge car. It's a 19 foot car. Uh, there were two of these that were made uh, for the original for the original show and both of those cars exist today they're both still around mm-hmm. uh, which differs greatly from the uh, from the movie that we'll talk about right. um and and in 1966 a guy named uh, Dean Jeffries mm-hmm. who was a customizer you know Hollywood customizer um he was charged with making um you know these two different cars for for this uh, this television series and he found these two different 66 Imperial Crown sedans uh these four-door sedans and he built them for a price of about $50,000 in 1966 each and I've uh, done the conversion that is three hundred and sixty-one thousand dollars in uh, in two thousand thirteen dollars, Ben. Yeah, and that wasn't all profit for Mister Jeffries because there was a lot of work to be done here. Um, the car's paint job had thirty coats, Scott. Thirty coats of metal black, uh, metal flake, pure black, green pearl of essence lacquer hand rub. Thirty coats. Yeah. Thirty coats. You're, you're blowing me away. I had no idea that that had that many coats. Yeah, it had to. It that had is, to look impressive. Also, he didn't have much time to complete the job. How how long? 
he had like uh, I think he had like a month. A mo- just really just a month to create Black Beauty because that's uh, that's pretty remarkable when we talk about you know some of these uh, these these Hollywood type gadgets that he installs in this thing. Yeah, it's buried it's buried in my notes here. Oh, that's okay. Uh, so we'll we'll get to it, but uh, I do want to point out if I can before we get to the gadgets, just a sidebar about Mr. Jeffries himself. Mm-hmm, sure. Okay, so uh, Dean Jeffries uh, is a renowned stuntman, fabricator, and uh, car customizer. This is by no means the only car he worked on. Uh, he worked with uh, race car drivers like Troy Rutman. He worked with James Dean. Uh, Jeffries is actually the one who painted Little Bastard on that Porsche 550. No kidding. Yep. Hmm. Uh, he also had worked with uh, Jim Rathman, Parnelli Jones, A.J. Foyt. Uh, he even worked with Carol Shelby in 1962. Man, so I'm hearing a lot of names that we've mentioned many times here on Car Stuff. So, uh, wow, he's, uh, so we'll have to remember Dean Jeffries as, as, uh, more than just a car customizer, right? Right, yeah. He, uh, he was a talented guy and he worked with a lot of big names. So he's just the person to turn this around because as you said, Scott, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of gadgets. And there are so many gadgets, Ben. I mean, I tried to look up a list of, of Black Beauty's gadgets. You know what the what this thing actually had because I've seen the I've seen the true car, the original car, in, okay. in person. The Imperial and, and the Imperial, and it had so many different gadgets and buttons and switches and everything. And a lot of it I know is, uh, is dummy stuff, you know. Sure. But a lot of them also truly function. You flip a switch and something does pop out of the hood. Now, you know, if it's a machine gun, it doesn't fire the machine gun mm-hmm. obviously in real life, but it does it does hydraulically operate. A, a machine gun that does emerge from the hood of the car. Now, I and, can help you out with some of these gadgets. Oh, too. sure. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with the machine guns. Those are 30 caliber M19 Browning machine guns. Very cool. And also had uh, what they called infra-green headlights. Now, that's kind of a gag thing that they just put green glass over the front of the headlights. And supposedly, now, the uh, the idea behind these was that they're very dim to anybody who looked at them. You know, the, uh, they could prowl around town with these green headlights on the front of this black car, right? Yeah. And, uh, and no one could see it. But supposedly, uh, with uh, with Cato's green visors that he could put down as the driver of Black Beauty, uh, he could see just as if, you know, like they were regular headlights. Right. And then they they also had that, that's right. It's a polarized filter, right? Yeah. And uh, they also had a um, some F FIM ninety two Stinger missiles on the front bumper. Yeah, that's really cool. Because of course you can launch those easily from a moving. Oh sure, at any in any any city you can do that, right? Sure. That's uh, yeah. that's something just. Everybody does that, and they had uh, something called the uh, the scanner, which is um, an audio visual surveillance device, uh, which also could fly anywhere they needed it to. So that was kind of a uh, a wildly futuristic, advanced uh, thing that they had decided to include. I mean, it's really just a uh, uh, this kind of funny looking antenna that pops out out of the back trunk that uh, supposedly is an audio video surveillance. Uh-huh. Now we mentioned the garage turntable for the thing. That's kind of cool too, where the floor flips over. Yeah. Um, one other thing, Ben, they had a phone in the glove box, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it was called the Hornet phone. I mean, yeah, think about the bat phone, right? The Hornet uh-huh. phone, and um, it was pretty advanced for 1966, although it was rotary. And it had a corded handset. So it's yeah, kind but of, it was in the car. Uh, it is in the car, and that's that's incredibly advanced for 1966. So you know, a, a car phone—that's amazing. Um, retractable panels, you know, that we mentioned for the rockets, both front and rear. Oh yeah, that's right. There are uh, 
four more Stinger missiles uh, in the rear bumper. Yeah, and it could be uh, it could be told to run in silent mode, which was kind of an on-command type thing, where the car would become completely silent. Uh, you know, normally it was like a whirring or buzzing sound that it made when it was driving around town. Um, and yeah. all they had to do was say, go into silent mode, and the car would become real stealth-like. You know? Kind of buzzing like a hornet. Yeah, yeah. This thing was just completely silent at that point. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. They also had a gas gun, which was uh, which would supply um, non-lethal hornet gas. That sounds a lot like some of the bad inventions, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's very, very much like that. Um, they also had a, a mortar, which was built into the scanner launcher area, uh, which would fire mortar shells. Uh, so a lot of weapons on this car. Uh, yeah, trunk-mounted machine guns, also thirty caliber, uh, retractable anti-riot spikes on the front wheels. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. Ben-Hur style, right? Ben-Hur style, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. Um, had, uh, let's see, it had a front screen, which they called the front screen, which is really like a a small TV screen. Yeah. Uh, which was, again, pretty advanced for 66, uh, which was capable of remote television and, uh, it also served as a radar screen for the the Green Hornet and Cato when they drove around. Um, they had shotguns. 
Oh, yeah, shotguns, of course. They carried their own weapons. Uh, they had um, a front-dash speaker, which uh, the Green Hornet's gold watch would, uh, the audio transmissions that he would send from his gold watch would be received in the car. You know, Cato could receive them in the car, which is pretty advanced, I guess. Um, and Oh, and also that front speaker could monitor the Air Force frequency, so they could monitor what the Air Force was doing. Well, of course. Yeah, very, very important yeah. for uh, super villains. <laughs> to, super villains or superheroes, I'm not quite sure what to, what to call them. Um, they had a rear screen, which is similar. A rear speaker. They had an oscilloscope bin, yeah. which could uh, could pick up vibrations or frequencies. Also served as like a jamming signal, um, you know, electronic bug detector device. I mean, it was just they had a smoke screen. Um, Black Beauty was bulletproof, as you would imagine. It was right. It was laser proof. Of course, it was laser proof. Of course, it was laser proof. I mean, this thing had everything, Ben. It was such a cool car, and for Jeffries to put it together in in what do you say about a month. That's incredible. Two cars. Um, that's quite a, uh, a quite a build list, really. Yeah. Let me add on to this too. Um, the '66 Imperial Crowns, the sedans that we're talking about here, mm-hmm. um, they are kind of they could be considered the second iteration of the Black Beauty because um, in the comic series that came out, uh, there were two versions of Black Beauty. Uh, the first was kind of loosely based on a Pontiac Banshee, mm-hmm. and the second was based on the Oldsmobile Touring Sedan. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wait. Now, excuse me. These are the Now comics. Oh, I think the TV series may predate those. Oh, okay. Got but, so, but just as far as we go with comic book canon, which I know is important to people, the superhero canon, I'm going to say that the Imperial Crown is the official Black Beauty because it was used in the television show. And it was used in the film. And you know what, Ben? I got just a little bit I want to mention about the uh, about the car itself. I mean, right. the, uh, if you want to just go back to the base car, not not Black Beauty so much, but the, the 1966 Imperial. Chrysler Imperial Crown vehicles. Um, it's kind of a fascinating thing that that Chrysler has done with the or did rather with the Imperial series. And uh, the Imperial platform was actually created in 1957. And uh, this this year, this 1966, was actually the final year of the Imperial platform. Um, because they went to a different uh, body style. Yeah, they went to unibody, didn't they, in 67? Yeah, very good. They went to a unibody after that. So um, the Imperial brand, if you want to think about it that way, um, it was kind of like um, a brand that was created, I guess a luxury brand that Chrysler created to compete with Lincoln and Cadillac. Now, they had them as early as 1926, but it was never a separate brand in its on itself. Uh, but when they did make it a separate brand, the Imperial brand, uh, it was from 1955 to about 1975, and then it came back for a short time between 1981 and 1983. Um, and the Imperial idea, I guess, was that they would take this this basic platform that they had. They always had V8 engines, they always had automatic transmissions, and they were always the top of the line. Whatever. I mean, any any kind of top of the line technology was included in the Imperial brand. Always a flagship. Always a flagship vehicle. And and what they did was they put new body styles on top of that platform every two to three years. So they were always changing what they looked like. Uh, the 1966, I guess it would be 1964 to 1966, or what the original Black Beauty looked like. Yeah, and uh, that has a 440 cubic inch V8, 350 horsepower. About 480 pound-feet of torque uh, in real life. Yeah, so that's a strong car. That's a pretty big. Uh, it's a big engine, but it's a big car. It's um, as we mentioned, it's 19 feet long. I think the the uh, the length of this thing is uh, 227.8 inches. So that's like 19 feet, uh, just yeah. just under 19. It's about uh, six feet eight inches across. So that's a you know you don't think that's really that wide, but that's a wide vehicle. That's practically a full lane of traffic. You know, for a 
car that's supposed to be inconspicuous and secretive. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a heck of a big car. Oh, also I forgot one of the one of the strangest additions to what's, the Black Beauty. What's that? Did you read about the brooms? I did not. Okay, so the Black Beauty has brooms that can descend behind the rear wheels. Why is that? Wait for it. To cover the tracks. Oh boy, really? I promise you that is a real thing. It really. So if they're on a dirt road, they can cover the tracks of the vehicle by by brushing the road. I, I guess, don't the know, road man. surface. It's, Interesting. It's a comic book. I don't know what you want me to tell you. But uh but yeah, that is that is one of the things there. Um and whether you know it's eff- efficacious, I don't know. Uh, okay. Wow. Nice word. Thank you. So, listen, they also had uh this was also the the first year for the 440 engine uh for the 1966 Imperial. So, that was kind of a big deal and that's why they chose I would guess that's why they chose the uh the 66 so it had enough yeah. pull to be able to pull all of this uh instead of swapping out engines. Uh, you know, if it had a, a smaller engine prior to that, um, they probably wanted the 440, which is a big block, uh, to be able to, to haul around all this extra weight that the uh, Black Beauty was carrying, because I'm sure that that stuff, all that gadgetry, yeah. uh, I just weighed it down quite a bit. Even if it's just dummy guns. Even yeah. if they're just dummy guns. Yeah, it's exactly. Really so it's a, it's a, it's a big powerful engine, you know, 440, 350 horsepower, as you mentioned, a lot of torque. Um, but, you know, that, then that's something else. They, you know, I do want to talk about the, uh, the current movie. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the one that uh, was, was shot in 2011 or, or released in 2011. But I think uh, maybe there's something else that we need to include here, right? Yes. And I am impressed by your excellent sense of timing. Scott, how could we talk about the newest incarnation of the Green Hornet? How could we talk about the film without first talking about Audible Podcasts? Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together, and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C. 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. We are back to our uh to the future. We're back to the future talking about the newest Black Beauty. Yeah, and there was a, uh, there was a remake of the, the Black Beauty, I guess. I don't even know if you can call it a remake because they just brought it to, uh, film, uh, I guess the film world, right? The big yeah. screen. Uh, it's like going, a translation of Going from the small screen to the big screen. And, uh, you know, this one is, it stars the, well, not stars the same people, but it has the same characters. You know, it still has, uh, Britt Reed, still has Cato. And I think it's, uh, who's starring in this one? I think it's, uh, Seth Rogen, right? Yeah, and Jay Cho. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, Cameron Diaz is playing, um, what's her name? Lenore, is that right? Lenore oh, Case, is that right? Love interest? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's the secretary, and That's she's right. really the only one outside of, uh, of, you know, the other two that know his real identity. They're, they're only ones that know who the Green Hornet really is. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the uh, the secret angle. It kind of like, you know what, Ben, I'm going to make another Batman comparison. It's almost like Alfred. Alfred uh, knows yes. Alfred knows who Bruce Wayne really is, uh-huh. know, that he's really Batman. Because so, everybody else is fooled by that uh, half of a mask. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, similar in this. You know, there's, uh, there's again, half masks and, you know, they're wearing suits, but big deal. You can't really tell who they are. Right. So, okay. We're talking about the new film, the new car, and uh, they decided that, you know, they, they they thought, well, there's no way we're going to be able to get the original Black Beauty, of course, you know, because these are pristine cars that are museum pieces. And I yeah, think, one is in the Peterson, yeah. I think. Yeah, one's in the Peterson Museum, and the other one is part of some private collection. I think they mentioned, uh, I want to say South Carolina, is that right? Uh, yeah, South yeah. Carolina, that's yep. right. So in someone's private collection, um, by the way, that's the car I saw auctioned off when I was a kid. The that's, one that went to South Carolina? I, I believe it is, unless it's the one that ended up at the Peterson Museum. I don't know, it's one of the two, but I saw it at an auction a long time ago. It made a big impression on me. Um, th- these things, they, they thought there's no way we're going to get the original... Uh, car to use in our film. So what are we going to have to do here? We're going to have to figure out a new version of Black Beauty, right? Well, I guess they decided that they were going to uh, try to sell it by um, saying, no, we can find enough of these 1965, 1966, maybe 1964 Chrysler Imperial Crowns to create this or to do this film, but we're going to need something like 30 of these. Yeah. The, yeah, the, right around, I think right around 29 is what they ended 29. up with. Now, imagine the task of, uh, you know, the, uh, the car wrangler, the, the car coordinator, I guess. His name is Dennis McCarthy. Um, he was charged with finding 29 1964 to 1966 Chrysler Imperial Crowns four-door hardtop sedans that, uh, th- th- to, to create this film. Now, some of them were going to be restored completely so that they were kind of like the heroes for the shots. You know, they were going to be the ones, the, the close-ups, the interiors, you know, they were going to be the, the beauty cars, I guess. And then the other, uh, what, 26 of them or whatever, 25 of them were going to be just kind of the ones that were going to be doing all the stunt driving, all the, right, uh, all yeah. the stuff that was going to be, you know, where the, the damage may occur. But, um, you know, over a short period of time, a very short period of time, they did find enough of them to to create or recreate Black Beauty. Yes, and they did so with a lot of, I would say, a lot of behind the curtain acclaim. 
Because that is a tall order, you know? That is. And they had to go to private collectors. They found a lot of them were just rust buckets. You know, they were just uh, the shell right. of the car, pretty much. Um, I think one of the one of the stories is they went, they found um, a guy that had lots of pieces for these things. And actually he had full cars, but he wouldn't sell them any of the full cars. He would only sell them the pieces of the cars, which is frustrating. But I think yeah. the guy was probably saying, this is my retirement. I'm going to try to make money on this. So here's somebody that needs 29 of these cars, and I've got a lot of them. I'm going to sell you the pieces, and they're going to be worth a lot more than just the full cars are to you. So I'm going to sell them that way. That's probably his his goal, if I had to guess. Ben. I mean, that's understandable. Understandable, I guess. But it was uh, frustrating, I think, for the uh, for the Wranglers, the car Wrangler, absolutely car coordinator, I think. But again, 29 of these cars were needed for the film. 26 of them were uh, were actually wrecked for the production purposes. I mean, three of the cars survived, and they're in good shape. Um, you know, some of them, again, some of them are heroes, some are close-ups. Some of them had no engines, so don't feel too bad about them. You know, they weren't complete right. cars. Which, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that is fairly common in any kind of Car-oriented film you're ever yeah. going to see. I mean, look at the Dukes of Hazard television series. Like, look at the <laughs> look at the d- right. destruction of cars there. Now, people point to them as being, you know, one of the main reasons why there are so few on the market because they went through so many cars. And I think they're saying the same thing about this: is that now there are 29 fewer of these car, well, 26 fewer um, of these Chrysler Imperial Crown vehicles around. Might as well go ahead and call it 29, man, because the average person is not going to be able to get a hold of those other three. Yeah, but let me tell you something, though. Like, even even the ones that weren't completely destroyed, I mean, they're, they could be restored. They can be fixed. They can be sold by the uh, by the production company. You know, if they're not too bad, because a lot of them were used in the final chase scene uh, yeah. where, you know, many of these things uh, were really beat up, I guess, in, in the final scene of the movie. I guess there was a lot of destruction in that scene. But mm-hmm. um, the team fully rebuilt and restored what they guess is about 15 of those cars. So the other, the other ones, like I said, they had, some of them had no engines. Uh, some were built just good enough for, you know, like the distance they were going to be seen from. Right. You know, like so from, a wide angle car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a 100 foot car. You know, it looks good from 100 <laughs> feet, but anything closer and, you know, you start to see all the flaws and everything. And it's not, you know, maybe the interior is not all there. Um, that type of restoration. So, you know, um, I don't know. Take this with, uh, with a grain of salt, I guess, or, you know, that, that, you know, they're probably still out there and still available. Yeah, I have a uh, little postscript if you want to end on here. Sure. Uh, okay, so in 1992, a guy named Dan Goodman purchased the original number one Black Beauty from 20th Century Fox. Hmm. This is how it got to the Peterson. That's the story. Interesting. Uh, so he got it for ten grand in 1992. Isn't okay. that suspiciously low? Can I tell you something? What? This, uh, I-, I wonder if this is that auction I went to. I mean, 92, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like I went to it earlier than that, just prior to that. But $10,000, it wouldn't surprise me. So he also, furthermore, he commissioned uh, Dean Jeffries to restore number one. Hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, we have the two cars built for the series. Number one's the primary car. It was in perfect mechanical condition, right? But uh, it only had 17,000 miles on it, and it was badly weathered. So as soon as Jeffries begins restoring it, he and Goodman start fighting in court about how uh, how expensive it is and who has the rights to the Black Beauty name. Uh, Jeffries eventually restored the car, um, and he uh, he restored it to where it it looks great. It has a lot of the same stuff. But it's not the same as it was in the TV show. So the one in the Peterson Museum is just slightly off from the one that we saw on the uh, on the television show. Yeah. Okay. 
Fair enough, I guess. I mean, Something to get like to get all that stuff working again, I can imagine the the cost involved in kind of uh, uh, fixing all that stuff. I mean, installing it's one thing, you know, brand new, able mm. to work on stuff when it's it's pristine and new, sure. but to restore it and then make it work again, that's uh, that's often difficult and expensive. Yeah, it's it's kind of it all. All right, this is what it always reminds me of, and this is probably a bad comparison. So in Frankenstein, you know, when uh, Doctor Frankenstein is putting the monster's body together, <laughs> sure, yeah. he's and he's working. He's kind of doing the same thing that a lot of people have to do when they're building a car. He's looking for the parts that will work. That's a that's a reasonable comparison. I think it's it's a little bit um, it's it's a little bit uh, creepy. But again, we are recording this in October. True. And uh, we hope that you guys have enjoyed our podcast on Black Beauty, which to me was the show stealer of the Green Hornet. Definitely. Because the Green Hornet does not have superpowers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people will look at the uh, at the television series and, and see the the Black Beauty as as the star of the show, really. Yeah, I want to see Cato and the Black Beauty. That's the, the show I want to see. <laughs> That'd be a good one. I'm kidding. Uh, I've heard good things about the film, which I admit I haven't seen yet. I've only seen Black Beauty clips. Likewise. <laughs> okay. Well, if anybody in the office would be just watching a show for the cars, it would be us. Uh, you guys, let us know if you have a topic that you would like us to cover in the future. If you have uh, become a lucky owner of a Chrysler Imperial, or you know, just to shoot the breeze. How about a uh, how about a Black Beauty lookalike? Because I know that a lot of people like to create or replicate what they see, like you know the Ecto One or, or yeah. Black Beauty or you know cars like that, or the uh, you know the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean time machine. Oh, good call. People love to make cars like this on their own in their own garage. So if you, if you know of one out there that you see on the road occasionally. Let us know about it or send us a uh, send us a photo. Yeah, we might blog about it and put it on our website, carstuffshow.com. Uh, we might make it a priority on our Facebook page where you can also send us a post of anything that interests you. You can drop us a line on Twitter, and if you'd like to uh, go a little more long form, you can send us an email directly. We are carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.